Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. Hey, good morning, everybody. Can you hear me good? I can hear you so oh, well. It's because I only have one headphone on and I was listening with my right ear. I couldn't hear me. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy July. Good morning, Jason. Nice to see you again. Yeah, it's good to be seen. So infrequent <laughs> anymore. I know. Right. What's going on? Dad's been able to get a word in edgewise. He has. <laughs> I've been talking to him. Have you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Talking well, too. <laughs> That's how we're going to start. I come back and just right out of the gate. Just, we miss you, man. You have, you've been like, what, three shows oh, in cool. three months? That's that's your deal now? You're no. a once, once a month kind of guy? It's not that bad, is it? I don't think it's that bad. It's well, close. we have some exciting news for the for the listeners. I thought we were going to save that. No, I think we should. We have to talk about it quite a bit. I think we have to talk about it every week. Especially to the people news. that are tuning in right now. Because yeah. they like to be the Let me see if I can find a drum roll for this, for this occasion. Wow. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me find one. We'll just keep them in suspense for a second here. Okay. It's really exciting news. Something we've been working on for quite a while. Quite a while. Somehow toggling through computer screens and scrolling with the mouse is akin to the drum roll with less suspense. Okay, I, okay, I have a drum roll right right now. I got a drum roll. <laughs> How long do you de- does something happen? The- <laughs> I feel like announcing the drum roll kind of takes away. From yeah. the- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're gonna be moving our the time of our show. We're starting in August, first weekend in August, first Saturday in August. We're going to be, new showtime for Mortgage Matters is going to be 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. No, it's not. It's true. Why? You have to roll in here at 9 o'clock. Why? Yeah, we're going to have to get here earlier. That's not that big of a deal, but why? Um, Because. Because on my way into the show today, (laughs) I changed my radio. This happens a lot to me on Saturday morning. As I drive in, I change the station away from KVEC. You don't want to know about fish oil for the millionth time? telling me about the importance of krill. And uh, <laughs> I got to imagine that somebody really does believe that stuff is the cat's meow. I've never tried it and feel pretty satisfied with life. So I'm not positive of what it does. Anyway, you we hate hearing about <laughs> you krill oil. listen to the ad log enough. I really do think that a lot of people that listen to the KVC every week tune out. Because well, it's... yeah, we actually got some numbers that show our 11 to noon hour is much stronger than the than the 9 to 10 because of that. So I we're don't still know. Be it, it's up. been inconsistent programming. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it has been dominated by an infomercial. Right. So we're going to be moving our show so that we're right after motor mouse so we have a nice block of local live talk radio every saturday morning and i understand that there's um works to try to get a show to come back and do the 11 to 12 hour but i'm i'm really thrilled to be able to to no longer have that that donut 
you know, where <laughs> the middle is something that I feel few of us care about. You know, I get to sit here and listen to that every week because I have to. Be so here. why don't you tell me what the point of it is and what <laughs> some of the health benefits are? Just real quick summary. <laughs> well, you know, you're going to live longer. Yeah, you're going to feel better. Do you start turning a little bit pink like the flamingos? I don't know. Basically, they talk about vitamin E, which if you just walk, Go out, in the sun. walk outside for a little while. And pull some weeds or go to the beach or whatever. You've taken care of that. Huh. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> all right. Now that we all know, you have three more weeks to listen to that if you're really into krill oil. Right. Otherwise, That's a good point. For those of you that love the infomercial for krill oil. Only three more three weeks. Three weeks. Get it in. Get your <laughs> fill. Uh, just soak it all up. And then because uh, after that, we're going to strip you of your... Krill oil opportunity. It might be on after. Oh, that'd be it great. Could be, it could be more of an 11 o'clock type of thing. Okay. But we're going to have from 8 until... Is King Harris still doing a news thing? Uh, King still does the news thing, yes. Does that start at 7? So, uh, well, it he does uh, he does uh, viewpoints on the weekends. D- so and that, does it start at 7 a.m.? Yeah, I believe so. So yes. there's, there's local talk radio from 7 a.m. until... Yes. Until 11, starting in August, mm-hmm. with our show. Of course, the you know the grand finale of that yeah. live local block um, from 9 to 11. There you go. It's going to be good. It's gonna I'm be really excited about the boosters. Me Great. too. It's going to kind of feel like you have a full Saturday. Kind of. Yeah. You get home before noon? That'll be cool. Yeah. The good news is, yeah, you get to go home before noon. You're out of here at 11 o'clock. Yeah. There you go. It's going to feel like the full Saturday. Your kids are just going to be waking up. Do whatever you got to do. Well, I don't in, know about that. I'm, well, a known ex- I'm not at that. We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a known exaggerator, so I say that we've been doing the show for six years. How long have we been doing Over it? six years. Really? Yeah. Okay. We started this I've in two thousand April of 2008. I've been here about five. It's, it's like six and years and three guy. months. That we've okay. been doing Mortgage Matters. Yeah, I wasn't the original wow. guy doing this job. Uh, Tristan was doing that. Anyway, so. when you said something about, you know, getting done or feeling like it's a full Saturday or something, I don't really know what that <laughs> feels like. Although lately, you know, I've had yeah, lately had you do show yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'll take three weeks off and come in for a week, then I'll be gone for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason gets to fly without me next week because I'll be gone i have a little vacation plan let's just do a rerun (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) hey man it's already 12 after you wasted so much of time this is why i talk all the time this is i want the time to matter this is news this is what matters it is it is news this is more we do need to be bringing this up uh a few times for all of you guys that do tune in regularly at 10 um you're you're going to be coming in the second hour and the second hour is always really good in fact it's where we have our highest listenership probably because that's where we really you know we've stretched we're we we've got the pace down we're really into it um but if you if you do want to listen to the complete show you guys got to start tuning in earlier in august there's going to be two more shows left from the 10 to 12 hour 
Yeah, check you out. Um, I I heard this week that there was a light news week. And it now was suddenly light. you're looking pretty light on the news over there. It was a pretty light news week. You know um, what we missed though, because because uh, of the Fourth of July holiday, we missed the big employment report. Yeah, and um, so I thought we could talk just a little bit about that. We do have a guest that's joining us for the um, second hour of the show, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, we have Dale Kaiser coming in. He's a real estate agent who works the north coast of of the county don't am i wrong in saying that this dude like owns the coast he I does re- and particularly cayucas he really yeah. dominates and i've been the, around the coastal area i mean i of the years that i've lived in slow county over 10 of them was spent in los osos so i've been around there a lot i've seen a lot of dale kaiser signs stabbed into the front yard of a lot of oh yeah a lot of homes so He's a he's an interesting guy and he listens to our show pretty regularly I understand so he said it'll that. be fun to have him on uh, in the second hour of the show next week you are going to be joined by Wes Burke um, of Patterson Realty and then I don't know what we have for the last July show it'll we'll just keep it a surprise cuz we don't even know yeah that's how surprising it'll be I I'm not positive that I know so I'm not going to say anything Hey so um man because I was out of the saddle, even on the show that was building up to the anticipation here of the uh, jobs report, I feel like we didn't even talk a whole lot about expectations. And so since we already know the numbers, then let's just let's just call it what it is. Um, I'm going to I'm going to lead by saying I think the jobs report was kind of impressive. Was that your takeaway? Certainly jobs created, 288,000 jobs created in one month uh, marks a few months in a row of increases. We've had back month revisions too, suggesting that numbers after final counts are actually better than first announced and appeared. Um, Kind of makes the, the jobs market look a bit stronger, including a reduction in the overall unemployment rate down to 6.1 percent that's a big deal yeah the numbers are looking really good and it's in it we're continuing a strong hiring trend since the winter which is great um hopefully it can sustain throughout the rest of the year and i think employment will be on the right track for sure also part of that report showed that hourly uh, average hourly earnings were up two percent from a year ago i saw something about job openings were at a at a recent high so there's a lot of jobs available and you know reckoning back a few months to our conversation with david Crichton, it's only a matter of time when you have a lot of job openings that the quality of those jobs is going to start to improve as well that's what i was going to say and you're going to have to offer to pay a little bit more mm-hmm. you hang in a shingle saying that you need somebody to come on in and work for you and you can't attract any uh willing candidates Probably going to have to dress up the job description a little bit and add a little bit more income to it. And of course, that's the final step in the in the jobs recovery is not only that sustained job growth. Um, I'm comfortable now saying that the the reduction in the initial the weekly unemployment benefits, the way those numbers have tracked now for months, the four week average dropping um, this week down to. Uh, by 3,500 jobs, initial jobless claims this week, um, were expected to be 312,000, which is still, that's a, that's a good little number, um, was actually 11,000 
claims less came out at 304. Um, so that's that's just pretty impressive to see all of that continuing. So the final piece here is uh, the quality of those jobs and then also just, of course, having higher pay. I think we're on track for that. Yeah. Yeah. Jobs are looking good. What's kind of discouraging to me still, though, is is other aspects of the economy. The, the, the overall growth forecasts aren't looking so hot. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about GDP. GDP is our gross domestic product. It's the overall measure of of the economic activity in our country, and 70% of that number is consumer spending. Um, we had a dismal first quarter. We all know that. We know a lot of it was being pinned on weather. It was, I think the most recent reading, the final reading for the first quarter, was negative 1.9% or something like that. And now... There was expected to be a pretty healthy rebound in the second quarter, essentially making up for all that negative, you know, expectations somewhere in the five to six percent growth range. Those are being uh, pared down now, now yep. to the latest um, expectation forecast for the second quarter growth has fallen to three percent, which is really normal for a quarter, but not so good following a negative quarter. Right. Um, well, in fourth quarter GDP last year was strong, but was strong in part, at least, to a lot of inventories being um, companies just packing up the shelves, yeah, preparing. And then with that weak first quarter, because things were frozen, I think that's when we expected that we would finally see that business transact and those numbers finally be tallied. And they really haven't been. I don't know that I'm necessarily as concerned about that right now because I keep looking at how many people are going back to work. Um, and also auto sales were pretty good for the last couple months, um, returning to the relatively normal uh, 17 million cars a month or something. That, those numbers were staggering. But I just think with these people returning back to work, a little bit more confidence and several of other things that are at play right now. We've come to grips now with um, the the way housing sort of puts on a, a new face in this last year, right? We saw interest rates really take a run. That seemed to throw the wet blanket over um, at least the enthusiasm and um, all of the, the frenzy over home buying. It's still tight because there's a lack of inventory. But we also know now that that lack of inventory the sort of inability to move around within your community and these higher interest rates have not led to a reduction in prices. Um, I think that one of the big things was people sort of cautiously looked, hey, these prices and this frenzy is only because these rates are so low. We ran the rates up by a point in most cases um, in interest rate and it had no measurable effect on the actual appreciation value of homes. We did not see a sharp decline as so many people thought. And I think ultimately that that restores some people's confidence. Say, hey, look, home values have actually remained steady and inventory is constant um, to steady, though maybe less than the volume we'd like to see um, in 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 light of interest rates going up. And I think that that overall is going to restore more and more people's confidence. See that um, it's, it is kind of still a safe investment and a good place to go. And I think, I think we're, we're psychologically just getting there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of anticipation of the recovery picking up steam, but I, 
I think it's picked up about as much steam as it's going to. I think it's yeah. it's it's in it, it's coasting along right now, and it's going to keep coasting at this pace, which isn't particularly rapid, um, but it's it's steadily improving. It's going in the right direction, just maybe not as fast. There's no well, remember, major breakthroughs. We remember too, though, that we've one of the a very significant issue that at most every household I'm aware of has been wrangling with lately too is the new Affordable Care Act. That coming to grips with how that impacts your your business or your household or just you as an individual. There's been sharp increases uh, almost, I would say, across the board. Maybe maybe some of the governmental employees are exempt from that. I don't know. But from what I can tell the people that I see and talk to, everybody seems to be experiencing increases in those costs. And if nothing else, plenty of nervousness about that that I think would slow people down and freak them out a little bit. Um, so, well, you know, what's interesting too, is that still hasn't run its full course because there's a lot of companies like our own where we chose to renew our old plan and rates for another 12 month period just before that affordable care act came into being so that we could kind of weather the initial unfolding of that. And I see forgot to out. tell you that so our... I'm sure there's other companies that did similar types of things just to kind of see how it played out before they dove in. Our group administrator called me this week to ask for an appointment because it's getting to that time where we need to, to (laughs) to make the change. And, um, we're to anticipate uh, it's July already, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It was, and it was August that we were supposed to have made our new decision. Um, but it sounds like it's going possibly to double. Not to bum you out on so, your Saturday, but you know, I <laughs> disappointing to hear since it's affecting me personally. But I think it plays into the point that I was making that some of these things that are affecting a lot of people still haven't affected everyone that they're going to, and it it is going to have an impact on our financial situation. But right away, though, when you know these things are looming and you're not positive how it's going to unfold, I'm not sure what's going to happen to the value of real estate when interest rates go up. I'm not sure what's going to happen when the feds are nearing completion of finishing the bond buying program. I'm not sure what's going to happen when the Affordable Care Act fully is implemented. I'm not all of these things I'm not sure about. When, they lead when to you're that unsure, slow what are you going to do? You're, yeah. When you're you're going to hoard dollars because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen, and I think that that probably is a really big part of it. Um, I I was talking to a couple of other people though recently. Um, I was in talking to mechanic that said these recessions are awesome because people. Um, don't go buy as many new cars. They're happy to keep maintaining what they have because they just don't have the confidence to go out and buy. And same thing, a friend at um, auto parts store was saying the same thing. People buy lots of parts and keep dumping money into cars that um, they they should be because it's a more affordable option than buying a brand new car. I think it's kind of... It's kind of funny the way that it, it does play around in the economy, though. It's interesting you bring that up, and I think that makes a lot of sense for cars, something that's usually a depreciating asset. Um, our guest, I guarantee you, would have a different opinion about real estate in this sure. type of environment, because when the future looks like things are getting more expensive, that usually implies an element of inflation. Um, and owning something that's an appreciating asset or subject to a 
price change along with inflation, like real estate, would be a good time to buy. Um, oh, you're exactly now right. Would be a good time to and, buy and if like you're that. and if you're going to begin this conversation of what inflation means, um, buying today's house for five hundred thousand dollars and it's going to be worth seven hundred in a you know however many years be only because of inflation. Let's just limit this to just inflation. If you borrow today at what is four percent for a thirty-year fixed, then you'll be buying at that lower value with a lower interest rate and then paying that back paying servicing that low debt on that undervalued asset with a more readily available dollars basically it when i look back at you know how a lot of the other generations made wealth this is part of it was buying and holding and and benefiting from inflation through time um, I, I'm going to say, I, I feel like I'm getting ready where I'm kind of excited about that, um, cycle to some degree, uh, our generation's really not had it. There's an interesting article related to that, that I'd like to share. Um, I know we have to take a quick time out for a c commercial break here. Um, when we come back, I do want to share that cause it's right on topic with what we're talking about with, um, you know, undervalued properties being purchased in the past three years at historically low interest rates and how that's affecting the housing economy and the general economy today and in the in the foreseeable future. Um, we do have to take a quick commercial break to thank our sponsors. If you'd like to get a call in, uh, we will entertain your phone calls live on the air, 543-8830, 543-8830. Don't be shy. Give us a call. You can ask your question on or off the air. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. 
What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Alrighty, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. As I said, going into the break, we are taking phone calls, 543-8830, 543-8830. If you want to get a call on the air or off the air, you can ask Jim. He'll he'll ask. He'll be nice. Yeah, J- Jim will relay your question if you're too shy. You started mentioning uh, before the break, Dan, that you had um, an article to share yeah, and it went right in line with what we were talking about. We were talking a little bit about GDP, talking a little bit about um, you know the prospects of of home values, consumer and, sentiment regarding yeah, the value of real estate and, and value and what of it means dollar today going forward. And and it's really it, it's it's probably the dominant factor right now um, in the American homeowner, the American consumer, probably everyone, whether they own a home or not. Um, the folks who purchased homes in the last three to four years did so when real estate was um, in the toilet. I mean, real estate values were were down significantly from their peaks. Um, interest rates were at record historic lows. We've been hearing about historic low interest rates for 10 years now. They peaked at their lowest. Um, I believe it was... Quarter one, 2012. Yeah, 2012. So, But they were they were moving their way down for the three years prior to that. So everyone who bought real estate at that time, a lot of the entry level buyers, especially got these amazing deals that they, for people who felt like they might've been squeezed out of buying a home, um, forever. Yeah. Had this opportunity. A lot of those guys too. And they came along going, Hey, I don't have a foreclosure or a short sale or, um, anything like that because I couldn't afford to buy. And now all of a sudden all, the very people that threw elbows and nudged them out of their American dream have now cleared a path for them to be able to buy at crazy affordable prices when interest rates were really low and they're not soon going to sell. And that's that's having a big impact right now on both real estate because there's very little supply, which is creating a pretty strong demand, creating um home price appreciation that's above a normal rate of appreciation. I think the most recent figures have it right around 10% nationally. Um, so that's it's affecting supply. Um, and it's also having a big, a big effect on the general economy because, as we said earlier in the show, about 70% of economic activity in this country is based on consumer spending. A lot of that spending occurs when people buy a home. Oh, yeah, when you buy a home... You get a 
First of all, you're making money for an appraiser, an underwriter, a loan officer, an escrow officer, a realtor, all the way down the list. (laughs) Then you go out and you rent yourself a U-Haul and you buy some packing boxes. You get some tapes, some peanuts, some foam, maybe some moving blankets. Perhaps you even employ a team of movers to come move your stuff. And then you, of course, buy some paint, clean the carpets, you know, maybe a little overhaul to the light fixtures. Before you know it, that actual transaction is um, recycling a dollar probably tenfold. It's creating those those very jobs and buying those goods and services that all go into moving. And so when you suddenly go from, you know, an annualized pace of people selling um, you know, what are, what are the numbers in town here? It depends on what year you look at, but it's, it's fallen dramatically in some cases, 60, 70, 80% fewer transactions now, um, just because people are hanging on to things. And then at the same time, the lack of construction too. So you sort of have the, the perfect storm of two things. What's really interesting is for the last 30 years, as families have looked at buying up or buying down it was in the face of a declining interest rate environment interest rates were generally lower than when they had previously transacted real estate so that in itself helped with motivation to make that that financial decision when it creates affordability yeah it creates affordability you know even if you're buying higher you know, a, a, a more expensive home, that cheaper interest rate is going to help help offset some of that um, increase in the monthly mortgage payment. Um, now that's not the case. As of 2012, when we're starting to now see rates move higher, um, and probably going forward forever or for a long time, rates are going to be higher than the previous time that someone bought a home. So that's going to impact their decision. Yeah. Is it the right move? You know, they're really going to have to need more space or want that newer home or want a change of some kind to make that decision because the rate of interest that they're going to pay is definitely going to be higher. Um, right. Yeah. Let's say, um, okay, so over here in like the, um, I'm pointing and that's not very good for the radio <laughs> over here in the ocean air, uh, Laguna Lake neighborhoods. I had clients that purchased homes out there for around $300,000, okay? And this was at the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. Um, In fact, people would come into refi over there, and we would go, oh, unless you're one of those, like, the two-story ones on the perimeter of the lake, it's kind of rough in there. A lot of those homes are like an 1,100-square-foot, three-bedroom, one-bath with a single-car garage, um, if it hasn't been converted to some additional living space, but, um, those homes now are selling for close to $500,000 again because of scarcity and demand. So let's take that guy that bought that house for $290,000 with his 3% interest rate. He's bagged a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity, right? Brilliant. And has an amazing payment. <laughs> you going to get at it? He can't get at it. The only way he can actually realize those dollars is to sell that house and then go into market to buy a new one. Um, Probably not a lot has changed in his life in the last two, three years to warrant that house that, you know, because people were making long-term decisions too then, right? Nobody was saying, I'm buying a house with a one 
a one to two year plan. And when we were counseling people three, four, five years ago said, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen, but this is not a good time. If you're like a one, two, three year in and out kind of plan, go rent. We don't know that you're going to be just fine in that. If you're a five, 10, 15 year plan guy, by all means, this is a great time to buy. So at the time, those people were even wired up that way, said, yeah, real estate did kind of go down and it seems pretty low. Sure, it might go lower. I don't know, but I have a five to 10 year plan. And so I think that's the other thing about those people. So they're not they're not going to sell and move. Well, and some people might. So, I mean, families still grow more space. Yeah, you got to have divorce, death. And relocation from work and um, growing families. And, and when yeah. you have those kind of life changes, sometimes you do move. But the folks who have those homes where they've realized some some appreciation and, and earned some equity that way, um, who still have a three percent interest rate, um, even selling to move up to accommodate those life changes isn't necessarily their number one option. There's that's an attractive rental now. And with all of the, you know, relatively low down payment mortgage programs, they can go and, you know, maybe they're in a position where they can't afford a higher rate and a more expensive home or some combination of they're the, the trend now is to keep that that residence that that they got at such a screaming deal with a great interest rate and keep that as a rental and move forward just with the cash they have to buy a new home. So that is also contributing to the lack of inventory, especially at the lower end of the market. Um, and it's something that we're seeing nationwide, not just here. And we're, you know, we know we have a strong rental market here um, with the college being around and a lot of, you know, rent rents are strong here. Um, but it's a nationwide issue right now that that folks are not selling. And the ones that are moving into a new home are keeping their home as a rental. Um, so all that is, is affecting real estate and it's affecting GDP. Um, the, the, the other trend we're seeing here with real estate is that, um, when family it, sizes are changing and things because of that low rate of interest, people are remodeling rather than, um, buying up. That's another option that, that people have just take the existing home and, and just make it a little bit bigger to accommodate the changing family. That way they can keep their low interest rate, maybe just add a little equity line to do that kind of change. In this whole conversation, you've made some great points. I wanna remind you of another significant point. Because of Prop 13, when you bought that house for $290,000, and it's now worth $500,000 just due to some favorable market conditions, if you sell your home, not only do you give up that low interest rate you have, you get rid of that good low tax rate too. So that can, and by the way, um, sometimes folks come in that have owned a home for 30 years and they're ready to buy a house. Like time to get that new nice house that they've worked hard and deserve. And they're pretty shocked to find out that, hey, the taxes on that home are gonna be $600 a month. And they're going, wow, we pay $900 a year. Uh-huh. So that's that's just another that's another limiting factor here that's going to encourage people to stay put, figure out how to remodel and and make better use of what they have rather than rushing out. So um, my takeaway from this, though, before we move on here, for all of these reasons, I'm going to argue that real estate 
there are some people walking around saying, I'm not buying right now. I have a client that's pre-qualified right now. doesn't want to buy right now because this is a bubble. Mm -hmm. The 20% return is a bubble. And I'm saying, I think, and obviously everybody that is going to invest their own money needs to, to make your own judgment about it. But I think that, that it's that scarcity and that demand with these new factors at play um, are really going to keep the value of real estate constant, um, steady, and increasing. Yeah, I, I don't believe that we're anywhere near um, some new collapse or something like that. Um, What's interesting, one, one third of homes with mortgages have interest rates below 4%. So those are the folks who we're talking about. Those are right. the folks who are either staying put or converting those homes to rentals and not putting those homes on the market. What's really odd, though, and it's kind of the wild card in this whole situation, is that 40% of homeowners still don't have enough equity to sell. They're either underwater or at about even equity where they can't afford to pay the real estate commissions when they do sell. So it's really an odd situation we're talking about we've got one end that's got equity and got a low interest rate and got this great situation and then we've got about an equal a little bit slightly larger population of people that has the completely opposite situation where they're underwater and kind of figuring out how to get out from under that we've got a caller on the line we should take carl's call carl's calling in from shell beach how you doing carl oh pretty good i give you an idea of what i did when the rates were low I refinanced my house <coughs> to 350. I ended up with uh, 300,000 in cash at uh, three and a half percent, and then I bought 30-year treasuries at four percent, which is tax exempt. So there, I'm getting cash that I don't have to pay tax on. Right and off I'm mortgage interest. To, I'm able to deduct my interest that I paid, and I think that's a that's a win-win deal. That's that's brave of you to call <laughs> yeah. and share that on the air. Those are usually trade secrets that people don't talk about. Well, that uh, you know, people don't know that you get uh, in a Obama bill, you get they still get tax exempt for Treasury bills. Right. Anyway, you guys have a great show. Thanks, Carl. Talk to you later. Bye. We've talked to Carl before, and I can tell you that he's a relatively conservative guy. And I want to tell you that Carl's tapping equity from his home to make an investment which creates passive income, basically, just by reorganizing. I mean, equity in the basement is dead, right? So if you can get at it for a lesser rate than you could invest wow. it at, it's smart. However, if you don't have the self-discipline to invest that money and leave it alone the debt then remains and you have a problem so that yeah. that's a, but it's a, it's a great advice it's, yeah he's getting more a higher rate of interest on income than the debt and getting all the tax benefits i mean it, it basically is like a positive arbitrage for having and this is the thing i think that there are a lot of people that understand that and are willing to do that but don't you keep expecting for the last several years people have predicted higher interest rates how long do you have to sit on this money before you actually get a pretty good spread? I mean, if he borrowed that money today, it'd probably be closer to break even because interest rates are closer to 4%. But um, anyway, I, I've read books about the principles of leverage and there's some part of me that um, thinks it's amazing and everybody should do it. And then 
Um, I'm reminded every now and again of the the market just really whooping you if you if you yeah. blow that. Well, and it's real easy to to be the armchair quarterback and decide how to use someone else's money. But when you start thinking about your own, then you start second guessing and getting really conservative. Yeah. And with all the uncertainty that we've already talked about today, it really um, it, it's kind of paralyzing to people to make I tried decisions to, like that. In 2004 five or so i tried to talk my dad into taking all of the equity out of his house to buy fourplexes in phoenix <laughs> and that would have been terrible advice. whoa bad advice <laughs> really bad advice um but anyways glad i didn't hey to round out our previous topic just before we move on barclay has put an article out this week um and they said after bottoming in 2012 home prices have staged a dramatic recovery um Home prices have more than 20% appreciation, outpacing most everybody's expectations. For the last 12 months, we've appreciated at a stable pace of 11 to 12% year over year. And over the last couple of months here, it's fallen down to closer to 10% year over year. They said that for three reasons, um, home prices are likely to continue this increasing and they're going to slow down we're not going to see 10 percent year over year in fact this year i think they're calling for 3.9 or something close to this um rising interest rates have hit the the sales and effect on prices have been muted so far um that thing we were talking about earlier when these rates go up, weren't we supposed to see an immediate reduction in the value with the diminished affordability? There was a substitution of cast. People came out that were still willing to buy and could qualify at the higher rates because the rates were historically low to the preceding 50 years. Um, so that's definitely a big part of it. Um, and so, and then the other thing it says that Prices have historically lagged about six months behind the um, the the fall in sales volume. So there's still a little bit of uh, time to tell in the next few months here. Um, but prices generally fall because of a spike in inventory. No, Knowing we don't everything we've talked about today, <laughs> identify for me the spike of inventory that's coming. It's not coming. So there, there really isn't much of a basis to be made that real estate is going to go down in value at any juncture. Um, and therefore, with inflation ominent, imminent, it's time, right? I mean, how can you argue otherwise? The trouble is you're late to the dance now because there's not enough homes for sale anymore. I don't know that you're late to the dance. You just maybe missed out on. Are you though? I mean, you missed out on the first part. Yeah, <laughs> you missed out on like all of the equity you would have had if you had the guts a couple years ago. I remember thinking though, in 2010 and 11, people were buying homes, and I was going, "Check you out. We know that pup's worth 10 percent less than it was the year before, and you're pretty sure that you're you're got the bottom. Way to catch the fallen knife." Uh, the people from 2012 certainly did. But you know what? The lesson, though, because those people we were talking about had that five to ten year plan 
if you bought in 2010, you know, maybe in 2012, you, you had a little bit of worry and concern that, oh man, I paid 400 and now it's probably worth 360. Um, fast forward a couple years, it's, it's, it's worth at least what you paid for it now in 2010. So, um, it really does. If you, if you've had that long-term plan, it's, it's a good strategy. Um, I got a text this week from a real estate agent that was asking me about now, now that the feds minutes are available from last week, we got talked that the feds are going to be totally out of their stimulus now, um, come October. And, I think a minute ago, somebody uttered the words, wow, it's middle of July. It's going to be October before we know it. And just kind of curious what that's going to mean now when the feds, whether or not that buying is really holding interest rates down might be debatable, but it's certainly providing a buyer for new loan production and keeping um, those as a viable investment option. Um, what's going to happen when the feds aren't the buyer of that? Are the private investors going to want more money? I'd like to talk about that after this next break. So we're going to go ahead and step into commercial break. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Hot towns, 
summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match, yeah. But at night, it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, and dance all night. All right, guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Hey, we got just a, a quick little segment here before the break. Um, at the top of the hour break, we're going to get geared up. We're going to have uh, Dale Kaiser in. Uh, should be an interesting segment. Before the before the commercial break here, I started talking about uh, the mortgage-backed securities. And it's, um, it's become public common knowledge now that the feds are – wrapping up their qe3 they've been buying again what was it in the meeting 80 85 billion a month that yes yeah and and now they've they've basically every month since they began ta tapering in january they've been taking 10 billion out a month they're going to be fully out of both the bond buying and the mortgage-backed securities buying now by october this announcement of that sort of anticipating what does tapering mean and how is it going to impact interest rates and the housing market and the general economy of all this stuff, it's going to end up with uh, what's going to happen. And what we know is that the uncertainty was priced cautiously. It really ran rates up quickly. The 10-year was very high uh, right after the announcement. It finished out 2012, or I'm sorry, 2013, just over 3%, 3.05. That was in the thick of not knowing exactly what we were in for. Um, the 10-year after um, the dust kind of settled has found this range back in the 2.5 to 2.7 land, which is a pretty good reduction um, this week. After another great jobs report, um, other mixed pieces of the economy, but also trouble overseas. There's also European economic numbers that continue to be less than impressive. Um, we have the 10-year sitting at 2.52. This has got to be um, within the lowest part of the range that we've seen in at least the last 16 months. Um and this is in right in the face of the tapering drawing to a conclusion. So that leads you to to then question of well, what are what are interest rates likely to do? How is this likely to impact the economy, the housing economy in general? Um, some might argue that when the Feds are done completely. A new investor to the show that needs to buy those securities to keep that liquidity moving he's going to be doing you a favor he's going to be buying this thing where the guaranteed buyer decided to pack up shop and go home and when they step up they say hey we don't loan out grandma's money for 30 years for four percent we do for six percent um, could put some upward pressure on the interest rates the other school of thought of course is no it's not going to the fact is it's already found equilibrium in light of all of this uh, uncertainty and, you know, the concern about what's going to happen when said uh, compared to everything else, it's a really high quality investment. Now we know loans today are stronger than they've ever been before there. That's really can't be argued with the regulations of 
compensation and steering, appraisal independence, um, just the fully documented uh, file requirements, the tight debt to income restrictions and reserve requirements. We have policies in place for people um, to not be buying and bailing on a previous residence. We've done all of this stuff to just make sure that loans that are being originated today are a fantastic investment. And I think that the investment community really realizes that. The other thing you mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, Dan, from ultimately uh, President Carter's era to today, we've been in a declining interest rate market. If you go draw a line through the curve, it's gone down ever since. Um, that obviously can't keep going because in another five years, we'd have to have negative interest rates. Um, the reality is, is that we're going to have to work our way back up through a little bit higher interest rates to find that equilibrium. But the loans today are a fantastic investment because one of the things about a long-term investment too is that if you buy this, you, you want that investment to stick around for a long time. These portfolios of hundreds of billions of dollars worth of mortgage-backed securities, these are loans that aren't likely to run off. They're the only ones that are going to be um, dropped from the securities are the ones that um, people were forced to sell or made a big upgrade, didn't care about a higher interest rate or whatever. Um, or the those the death, growing family, divorce, those kind of reasons. But for the most part, these securities are expected to perform longer than any other have. Um, so the bottom line, I am now, my position is I, I actually think rates are going to continue to decline in the face of this. Um, and I think that actually we're going to see interest rates the same or less when tapering is fully completed in October. Wow. That's a bold prediction. I, I feel like things are going to continue a steady, slow climb higher. Um, but I don't think there's going to be any any major jumps You know, when tapering's over. The fact is, is, since June of last year, loan volume has declined significantly. That was when the first bump in rates occurred from the, from the lowest of the lows. Um, you know, from we, we've seen rates climb about three quarters of a point from June of last year to today. And loan volumes declined. It's it only makes sense that if rates continue to climb up, you know, another quarter point, half point, three quarters, one point, you're going to see loan volume decline further. There's a lot of companies out there that want to buy what the government's been buying. Um, the consumer doesn't care who's buying these loans at the end of the day. They care, can I afford is it? Is it available to is me? It, yeah, is it available to me and can I afford it on a monthly basis? Right now, loan volume, you know, if, if they want to maintain this loan volume, this is where the rates have to be. So I, I think the market's going to dictate where rates go. Yeah, uh, my vote is that we'll see new loan product pick up where that interest rate might be attempting to solve that problem. Sure. I'd love to see the return of the 40-year fix into the housing economy. I think it, I it think makes there's a, a lot place of sense. for it. It belongs. It would create some wicked affordability. And you know what? I'd probably give up my 3% 30-year fix if I get myself into a 3.5-40 just to create that affordability and save for retirement. Hey, we'll be back in a few minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. i got Dale Kaiser on, so stick around. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Your host, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Listen up. It's 11.05 right now. If it were August, you'd be listening to a Krill infomercial again. That's what's happening. So Mortgage Matters is going to move from the 10 to 12 slot. We're going to slide on down an hour. Going to go from a 9 to 11. So make sure that you guys adjust your schedules so that you're with us. The, the second hour of our show, we know, is where the good listenership, high ratings. I don't know that there are most loyal and engaged listeners. Um, perhaps you'll demonstrate this by phone calls and interaction today. Uh, but definitely the highest volume of people. So we're going to be on earlier. It starts in August. Rest of July, it's going to be the normal 10 to 12 slot, but just just be aware. All right. This next hour, we're going to um, continue the topic here. Just, I think, talking about real estate. Maybe we'll get a little bit more specific since real estate's local. And we have a, a gentleman here on the show this morning, Dale Kaiser from Dale Kaiser Real Estate. The man is Cayucas.com. Um, that was... That was a pretty uh, good stab at a website there. Has the city tried to buy this website from you yet? <laughs> uh, well, of course, uh, Cayucas is an unincorporated area. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way, yep. guys. Um, Cayucas is an unincorporated area of the county of San Luis Obispo, and um, we try to link all the local businesses to our uh, – we're fortunate. We got up early that day and uh, picked <laughs> up uh, Cayucas.com. Sure. That's a good one. Hey, so I've I've been in uh, I've been in the county now since '98. So what are we talking? 16 years or so. Um, I spent at least 10 or more of them out on the coast, and I've been driving past Dale Kaiser for sale signs. I feel like uh, forever. You you've done quite a book of business around here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go so far as to say. Uh, your name is one that's highly recognizable. People that haven't met you, you'd make a great candidate for mayor. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Just based on name recognition. Very, very blessed in, in, in my uh, 35 years in Cayucas, 31 years in the brokerage industry. Yeah, so I, was, I always like to start off the show by just um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what brought you here. What are you doing? What yeah. do you enjoy? So I was uh, I was born and raised in Fresno. Um, came in to uh, over to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo ag business in '77. Um, my parents had a small cottage down in San Clemente as a kid, uh, South Orange County. And as I uh, was looking for a place to live here in the county, I saw Cayucas, and it reminded me a lot of uh, San Clemente back in the '60s. And so I I parked it in Cayucas, and um, I've never left. <laughs> yeah. People tell us these stories about you selling real estate back in the in the 80s and just kind of like meeting somebody at a showing on a beach cruiser with no shoes on being like, hey, this a, here's the realtor. Here's the beach house. What do you think? Yeah, there's been a couple of occasions that I'm, uh, you know, put putting my wetsuit on or taking my wetsuit off. And, <laughs> and I see someone looking at a sign out out in front of a house and end up selling it to them. <laughs> All right. So I. I'm dying to know, you know, you said 31 years in the brokerage business. Um, I've been in the mortgage business for 12 or 13, 12 years. Um, not nearly the, the, uh, the length of time to see 
cycles and see how things unroll and see those indications of oh, this is familiar when things are getting cracking again. Um, what do you make of the market today? I was listening to you guys on the way in. Very, very good show today, by the way. Um, and it, it's interesting. It did, it did make me reach back into, uh, I got into real estate in 1982. And I, I'm thinking in terms of the recovery that we're in right now that started probably somewhere in the halftime of uh, 2011, I think uh, a bottom was established. And, and it was an interesting recovery this time as opposed to, I think, back... Uh, say, uh, 83 uh, to, uh, you know, 87. Uh, it was a very, very slow recovery. Uh, and then 87 through 90, uh, there was the blow-off. And then I think in terms of 96, about middle, middle of 96, we found a bottom. And, of course, then it, we found out in 2006 that uh, we rang the bell at the top. But this particular recovery, um, it, it was quite a violent uh, correction from the standpoint that it seemed like in early 2011, I couldn't give a home away. Mm -hmm. And real estate, by and large, seemed like it was just hated everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, by evidence of uh, just foreclosures and the horrible destruction of wealth and value and people's earnest, I mean, so many people that went in with, um, you know, 20% down and bought in, say, Two thousand and um, you know seven, and the, their whole equity was wiped out, and it just made real estate a very, very dark conversation. And then all of a sudden, in two thousand and eleven, uh, about halfway through the year, the the sentiment cha <laughs> changed more violently than I than I've ever than I've ever seen in my other two recoveries. It was almost like a V shaped recovery, where instead of it slowly crawling into favor, all of a sudden real estate people woke up and said, hey, this thing's overshot to the downside. In 2007, 2008, 2009, the growing trend was, if it wasn't you, people in your family, coworkers, friends, acquaintances, neighbors, how many folks hadn't paid their mortgage in how long? Um, there was, there was, it was just common to know that, um, Everybody was hurting and trying to figure it out and really over a barrel and, and the banks to um, suddenly, I, I think there's a general sentiment of, of hating big business and corporations, all these things, but didn't the banks into, end up with um, the worst reputation too? We didn't hesitate to say that all of the brokers, the the uh, mortgage brokers too, gosh, what a bunch of just the the worst possible people in the world that led everybody down this path and so much of the the blame game but i th i think that was kind of the common thread is that most everybody was um hurt and trying to figure out how to navigate a real estate problem and then um shortly thereafter like you mentioned in 2011 it was back to everybody I know was buying a house everywhere right. you went. And I didn't know a single person that was wrestling with a modification or a short sale. I didn't know a single person that was behind on their mortgage. Everybody that I talked to was in a frenzy to own real estate again. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had my own personal opinion um, on, on, on that whole uh, crisis and, you know, it, it was always fascinating to me how the, the big banks were so horrible. Um, 
when the price of the commodity, the real estate, went down. But um, no one's complaining when the values go up. Sure. So when the values went down, they said, oh, forgive my mortgage. But when the values go Imagine up, if the, the banks all do, rallied together, do, got do, presidential support to come in and say, hey, you guys made too much equity. Right. And we're going to need 30, 40 percent equity yeah, we here. Need to, we need to participate in the appreciation that we're you recognize. You guys made so much money. We're going to jack the interest rates up. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah. And, you know, just as part of it, I don't want to make it sound like I don't have any issues with any of the banks or whatever. I think the biggest failure of the banks through the whole downturn and trying to navigate it was... Um, to no fault of their own, the crisis level created such a volume, so much need that they didn't have enough qualified personnel on hand or policies and procedures to help people in a stressful situation find resolution quickly and easily. Um, as you could imagine, it just wasn't possible when it was everybody that needed that help was making those calls, soliciting those modifications. Um, so really, I don't know how it could be managed too much better. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I would never try to defend the banks on the one hand. On the other hand, it's like when you sign the paperwork to commit to pay back a, a loan. Um, I think you, you have some responsibility there, too. But that's that's me. Yeah. Well, the public sentiment became that you shouldn't have to. And no matter who created that. It's the big bad bank that doesn't even deserve this money at this point. Um, we even changed tax code to, I, I don't want to say encourage people to, to throw in the keys and, and start over, but we created a lot of very accommodating policy going so far as even to reduce the qualifications for a loan today to accommodate people that had those short sales and foreclosures and stuff. So. Yeah. So. It, it was at least some sort of public sentiment. But it, um, so I'm curious today, how, how about volume of real estate um, out there on the coast? Is it still the same way? Are you guys dealing in second home market? Is there a lot more inventory because well, people can't afford second homes or is it? You know, it's like I said, uh, it seems like uh, up to the first half of 2011, I couldn't give a home away. And then all of a sudden I turned around, I blinked my eyes and it seems like I've got uh, a bag full of very strong, uh, interested buyers that are extremely qualified, um, and and there um, there's there's very a few homes available, and I'm having difficulty finding them homes. You know, at, at the same time that we realize this horrible crisis, um, an area that supports our area to a large degree, the San Joaquin Valley, uh, had a record um, prices on their crops, and so a lot of the farming farming community over there. Um, as a matter of fact, the farmland in much of the San Joaquin Valley tripled at the same time that the values of their single-family homes got cut in half. So you had um, this situation where the, you know, um, more affluent farming community, if you will, was doing what they've been doing for the last hundred years, and that's coming over from the San Joaquin Valley and buying homes in Pismo and Cayucas and Cambria and Morro Bay. Mm -hmm. And we were talking yesterday, Dale, when you and I met, that a lot of these people see it as as a good, not just you know a desirable place to live, but also a good economic decision for their money, um, where there's not maybe a lot of, of opportunity to invest, but they have this cash available. Real estate, as we know, is coastal real estate. There, there's no 
more of it being produced. So it's a finite, you know, quantity of, of coastal real estate to purchase. And with all the all the things that are going on, all of the policies that are probably leading to higher inflation going forward, um, that real estate's probably going to follow along with with value increases and that it's a good good place to park some money right now. Yeah. Well, of course, we don't have a crystal ball, but it, it does appear that um, we have this limited commodity. Uh, there are great barriers to entry for any kind of new development. Um, much of the land around, especially the northern coast area of the county of San Luis Obispo, has been retired, in effect, either by outright purchases through land conservancies, Trust for Public Lands, American Land Conservancy, Rangelands Trust, um, the Cayucas has a, a land uh, trust. I mean, you know, so you have all this land taken away from any future development. The um, political tone is fairly no growth, which is which is wonderful. But the the issue that it creates is a very limited commodity, and it um, you have people like I said traditionally from the San Joaquin Valley buyers coming over from there, and now as the coast of California seems to be getting more congested. I'm getting more activity from the Bay Area. I don't know if you saw uh, last Sunday, or it was the Sunday before, I think, a uh, big article in the San Jose Mercury about Cayucas. And I mean, it was a big article. And there's, of course, a few jobs up in that area. Uh, I've sold a home recently to a guy from Apple, and uh, we have people from Cisco. Um, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of buyers coming from that area and then of course we have people venturing up from Southern California because matter of fact the article in the San Jose Mercury spoke to Cayucas it said it's the last of a dying breed you can't find beach towns when when I was a kid I mean there was a lot of little Cayucas's you know south uh, Orange County north San Diego County um, Encinitas Lucadia Solana San Clemente Capistrano Laguna Beach, I mean, these places are all congested. You go up to Santa Cruz, Capitola, I mean, it just seems like Silicon Valley spilled right over 17, and so what's happened is it's become very congested. Yeah, there's, you're pointing out the article right there, it says Cayucas, uh, a California beach town, it's an interesting article, and like I said, I think the San Jose Mercury uh, certainly is exposed to some eyeballs that uh, have jobs. Yeah. Well, and they say one thing about coastal real estate is they aren't making any more of it. It kind of scares me to to see an article like that in such a major newspaper. You know, being here and living here and enjoying the lifestyle that the Central Coast brings us, I don't want everyone who reads the San Jose Mercury News to know that this little gem exists. They probably already do, but, you know. I, I agree. We should <laughs> build, build a wall around this county. Totally. Quick, because I, I, get, I get the feeling that people are, are going to find out it's not, it's not so much a secret. You know, when I came to Cal Poly, um, Cal, the Ag Department didn't have a viticulture or enology department. Uh, I think they've just opened up a, a viticulture department here a, little, a few years back. But um, back then, it was just Fresno State and UC Davis. And, you know, the, uh, the vitic nobody wanted San Luis Obispo County on their label uh, in the wine industry. And I, by the way, I don't know anything about the wine industry, but it just other than I, I can see the activity has shifted um, tremendously in the last 30 years. And I, I, it looks like Napa over, over the hill. And that's bringing in 
a, a lot of eyeballs as well. Do you, I mean, I guess it, it seems kind of inevitable, but do you see the coastal towns here in our county just becoming the the Laguna beaches and the, you know, just eventually running that course? Or do you think we can preserve what makes San Luis Obispo Beach towns well, so special? Well, it, when I came to Cayucas, there was two kind of, you know, greasy spoon restaurants, if you will. Uh, and now, you know, I, I, I go to, you know, high-end restaurants like the Cass House or Hoppies, and you know, I don't know which fork to, fork to use. I'm kind of a wiener. <laughs> Start from the a, outside and work yeah, your way there in. There you go. I'm a, I'm a wieners and beans guy. But um, no, it's it, it's really it's a track that it's just the shift, the sh the shift in the um, the type of folks that have come that are now attracted to this area it has been uh, just has been stunning to me. And you know, of course, it's a limited commodity. Uh, there's only so much of it. The, you know, the dark side to this whole thing is that, um, you know, the low-income housing and even, quite frankly, middle-income housing um, and, the, you know, in the bigger picture, the middle class in our whole country, it just seems to be uh, being chipped away at. Uh, but, uh, but housing in, uh, in that area of the coastal, of coastal San Luis Obispo County, you know, I have a few rentals. I put a little small cottage I have up for rent the other day and um, I had 50 inquiries in about eight hours, and it's just it's just very, very difficult. The housing equation is, is very, very difficult. I do think that we're headed in that direction, though, personally. I think it's inevitable. Like, I mean, there's, yeah, well, this is, people want to be in these types of communities, and like you said, the, the Southern California and Northern California beach towns have been become so congested. And little, that, little by little, we're seeing more of that the Southern California type of influence come in here. You mean, I remember when I first moved to San Luis, talking to folks back home was saying, yeah, you know, in San Luis Obispo, they don't even have any drive-throughs. And uh, that's the weirdest thing. Why would there not be a drive-through? I said, well, that's a couple parts. Number one is they don't like the, the aesthetic appearance and then just people being, uh, you know, with idling cars sitting around. And then the other thing is, is that the culture of the people is to get out of your car and go in and have an interaction and sit down if you can. It's a slower pace of life. We don't race around. And since then, you know, I see a lot has happened. We've got like the the Home Depot. Remember when you went to Pacific Home Do It and that was kind of your option. Now you've got the Home Depot and there's the Lowe's and we got a Costco across the street from a Target and there's a Best Buy. I mean, there's so much of these things are coming in. Downtown San Luis Obispo is also under a pretty big change now. It went from office space and professional services and mom and pa shops now to bars, restaurants, and large national chain retailers are coming in. Um, I think it, we're just seeing that move more and more around. And once enough of that takes hold, then those people go, hey, well, let's be on the Palisades of the Central Coast. And that's going to dress up the the Shell, Pismo, Morro Bay, Cayucas. It just you don't get more coastal real estate. We're not making anymore. So well, now it, you're starting to depress me now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, it's interesting because, you know, down in South County, uh, Arroyo Grande, five cities, you know, they, they have, they've had drive-throughs and, you know, you got the In-N-Out Burger and, you know, yada, yada. Sure. But it's been a fascinating conversation. The uh, proposed McDonald's in, in, in Los, Los Osos. Osos. That's been a fascinating conversation. And, um, 
you know, and and the debate was uh, was was furious, and the people of Los Osos, it appeared to me by everything I could see, didn't want it. I saw I saw a couple interviews of people that did, claiming claiming that it would be an inexpensive um, food source for people of lower income and generates jobs. Uh, you know, no, there was there was a there was some good arguments, uh, and and at the end of the day, I think you know the board of supervisors just you know they had to go the direction of uh, the land use and and uh, the the obviously the property they they approved the project and uh, you, we could debate that and I don't I don't want to get into the debate and I don't I don't really have a, a dog in the fight either way, um, but it, it was an interesting debate and it was interesting to see uh, I, the it appeared to me to be the very large majority voc vocal majority in Los Osos was not excited. Yeah, agreed. I mean, imagine all the traffic it's going to save from South Bay Boulevard of the, the Los Osians no longer needing to go to Morro Bay all for Burger King. All the way to Morro Bay. For Burger King. There's a McDonald's there, too. Yeah. I know, but, you know, now you can just stay wow. there in Osos. You got a McDonald's. Yeah, so much more convenient than driving that five-minute drive. The most beautiful <laughs> drive across can the back get, play of an if, if estuary. Gonna, <laughs> if we're going to get another chain burger place here, can we get something good? Can we get like a Five Guys or, you know, I know we have an In-N-Out, but the closest one's all the way into Tascadero. Hey, the another habit. Another inconvenient 15-minute drive. The habit, while it <laughs> appears to be one of those great big chains I saw in the paper recently, is actually started in Santa Barbara and is uh, awarded the best burger in San Luis Obispo. I was hoping the Shine Cafe in Morro Bay. That's excellent, that is a excellent place. food. I was, yeah. I was wishing that they'd open up a second store over there and, and, and instead of the uh, the McDonald's. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I'm sure it would be very well received, too. Yeah. Indeed. It yeah. seems more consistent with the type of people that live in Los Angeles. <laughs> Agreed. Know, me. <laughs> it's 1127 now, um, so we're going to go ahead and take the middle of the hour commercial break, take some time out to thank your sponsors. Folks, the people that sponsor Mortgage Matters help make it possible uh, we donate all of our time, but these guys help cover the bills. These are also businesses that we do our own personal business with. So we hope that when you're listening to the sponsors, you'll consider them as a, an option here for your patronage. Stick around after this break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We landed that one squarely. It's 1130. Um, hey, we're, we're joined right now on Mortgage Matters uh, by Dale Kaiser, who I just, again, I want to say thank you for taking time out on a Saturday to come in and talk to a couple of goofs like us. Just yeah, some... Saturday in the summer, man. That's when I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There must not be any waves out there yeah. today, huh? <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, there's, it's flat. It's yeah. flat as a pancake. little wind? little no actually not too bad it's been gorgeous i was thinking about going fishing tomorrow but i heard it might be windy tomorrow yeah we'll see hey you guys going to the mid-state fair this year i don't know no plans mm. you're not a big fair guy are you dan nah. no no i'm not i'm not a huge fair guy i grew up in sacramento with the the state fair right. and did that my whole childhood i mean it was yeah. fun but you know huh. got other stuff to do well just in case you were wondering, the fair starts um, soon, next week, four days. That's weird. It crept up pretty quick. I think the um, Santa Barbara fair is going on in, down in San Maria. I think yeah. it's going on right now. Zach Brown Band's playing. Kid Rock's playing. Um, let's see who else. Lady Antebellum. Journey with Steve Miller Band. Tower of Power. Holy smokes. The fair is going to be pretty fun. Um Hey, so Dale, earlier in the show, we were talking about, uh, you said that you had like a, a bag of buyers that were qualified and, and just out really hunting for property. Um, I, I kind of just was curious now about, um, the value or, you know, ultimately what the sales price is likely to be on these homes when there's that, that pent up demand, right? Obviously, it puts some upward pressure on uh, the value. When you're counseling sellers over a list price, um, how do how do you how do you sort of navigate that, knowing that the seller is likely to you know within reason to kind of name their price in this environment right now, um, and the buyers are still looking for 
not only a good deal, but just a viable option. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, you know, you have a situation where it's a it's a fairly thinly traded product um, when you're talking about beach, like let's let's say beachfront property. Um, you know, there's only we agree there's only so much uh, beachfront, and you know, it doesn't look like there's any new subdivisions coming in anytime soon. So, it's pretty much what's there. It's a it's a rare commodity. Um, and then you have, um, you know, these, um, you know, uh, say farmers from the San Joaquin Valley or tech people from the Silicon Valley that have sums of, of cash. Um, so, uh, but yet there, there's a not a lot of them either. So you have, when I said a bag of buyers, I, I mean, different price ranges, but like if we break it down into, for example, beachfront, there's not, it's not a bunch of people that can afford a $3 million home. Right. But then there's not very many of them. So it, it, it is extremely uh, difficult sometimes because you can't go through the, the normal comparative market analysis um, because you just don't have six homes just like that home that have sold in the last six months. It, it makes it tricky. So though it's lower volume, would you suggest that it, it sort of has a balance or is that just in certain segments of that market like beachfront or you know it, it, it's 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 real subjective you get buyers that decide that that's what they want and they just um they just make the offer to the seller and they step up um you know if you're it, it's hard to put myself in the shoes but if you were someone that was sitting on a very large amount of cash and w what do you do with the cash right now um, you know, you have a situation right now where um, Janet Yellen, uh, the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve, and Bernanke before, uh, they, they seem to be, have. I know they're tapering down the stimulus now, but in order to dig us out of 2008, uh, there's been a tremendous amount of liquidity put in the market. If you're sitting on dollars, they might go down in value going forward. And so you look to diversify your portfolio and quite frankly, putting a piece of it into some coastal property probably uh, isn't a bad idea. And I think a lot of their financial advisors are, are advising that. Yeah. I, there, you know, we've been talking about how little development there is, which is going to help support the price levels even as they go higher in the coastal area. The, the couple of small projects that I do see occurring in the, the North Coast um, have been along that Highway 41 corridor as you enter Morro Bay. Um, there's you know, these high density condo projects going in. There's one that was recently completed and there's, I think three or four different parcels that are for sale that are either bare land or have an old shack of a house on them that are zoned for that higher density project. Do you see a high demand for that type of project? Uh, well, or are these I mean, developers taking a, a, yeah, a that, leap of faith? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, different kettle of fish because i mean rather than what i kind of focus on that's a all big multi-family those are acre one acre multi-family pieces and um you know one of them recently was developed and i know they they've got uh, quite a few units there uh for sale uh, so there, that market i don't know that it's extremely tight i think there is product available in that genre and buying something in there right now and and either you know to have as a second home or buy it as a rental or to put your uh, college kid in while they go to poly or something. 
and figuring a kid goes four years to school. I, I actually think that would be a very smart play. Uh, but I don't know that that market's quite as tight as the single family market. Um, you know, what I kind of more focus on would be the single family ocean view or oceanfront market. I, I, I don't know that I've ever admitted this to a real estate agent before, but generally when I counsel um, home buyers in my office, we'll talk about condos as an affordable option. But oftentimes I tell them it's not my favorite pick for you. It's, um, I, I, there are people that need a condo by life style or decision. I don't want to maintain anything outside. Maybe you're not that mobile or you just hate it or you don't have a lot of time because you work a lot, all of those kinds of things. But oftentimes, and maybe that's great for like a second home type of thing, right? Because when you come over from the Valley to visit, why not go to a condo as opposed to, you know, a house where you're going to have to do all that extra work and stuff. Additionally, HOA fees, especially on brand new condo developments, if you figure right now it costs about $500 for every 100000 you borrow, you saddled my guy with a $350 HOA. And I'm saying if we rolled an extra $80,000 into the purchase price, you've made your way to SFR. And the, the single family residence is generally historically a better investment for um, appreciation, stability, maintenance, use, you know, that enjoyment of use, everything that goes with the single family residence is generally a better investment than a condo. It's fascinating to me that we keep building those condos. The other part about the condo thing, um, that I was going to say is financing for second homes and investment properties on condos is really a nightmare. Financing for first-time home buyers in a condo is never very easy because oftentimes they want to use one of the government projects products for like you know VA, USDA, FHA. Those um, projects have to be approved by HUD and generally are not. And if they were at one point, they're usually expired because they're paying to keep up on. Um, yet in the construction numbers recently, we see that those multifamily condos and apartment buildings are what's been pulling the majority of permits for construction because rental demand is so high as affordability now increase or decreases a little bit. It's kind of fascinating to me that that's where yeah, focus I, is. I can't agree with you more. Uh, you know, uh, I always would uh, encourage any buyer to go the direction of a single family home uh, over a condominium. And I, I base that primarily on, um, I feel that the rate of appreciation, assuming that there will be any appreciation, you're going to have a, a a greater, uh, actually, it's fairly significant, uh, greater rate of appreciation, uh, at least that I've noticed over my 30-year career in single-family homes as opposed to in investing in a condo. Now, that said, like for example, I've got a, a listing right now in downtown Cayucas. It's three blocks from the pier, and it's a condo. Mm-hmm. But there's no homes available right now right. close to the pier in that area of old town Cayucas. And this is... I mean, it's a it's a nice two bedroom, two bath unit with a it comes with a one car garage for an asking price is four seventy nine five, and and it's close. Wa- I mean, that one I kind of see as as a no brainer, just because there's no single family homes available, right? You know? And so it's just getting to the point where um, I and I think also we talked about um, you know affordability. Um, you know, it's becoming so difficult uh, for many. Uh, you know, I mean. Just if you're a school teacher or, you know, a service type worker, I mean, to to qualify for a single family home, 
uh, in you know the greater Cayucas Morro Bay area. It's just gotten so difficult right. that they have to start looking. And I think um, to your point that I do believe that those those condominium the, the developments that are happening out um, Highway 41 there in Morro Bay, I think that there's going to be good support for it. But I don't think it's quite as tight of the market as as you're going to find in the single family universe. I think it's interesting because I always see those developments as an answer for affordability in particular, and it satisfies the builder's requirements for profit because there's density there. There's more units to sell. Well, and it meets also, usually the local planning jurisdiction is interested in seeing high density development like that too, um, believing that not only is it affordable housing, but it's also smart growth. And But I, when I see those kinds of projects listed, like that particular one in Morro Bay, the starting asking price for the units, I assume they have lesser views, they're interior units, they're at four ninety nine. That doesn't seem affordable to me. Yeah, and they're on the east side of Highway 1. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to, you know, it's a different kettle. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and it's on 41 there. Uh, it's just, I mean, I think there's support for it, and I think you could buy one today, and you're going to be very happy three or four years from now because I think just it, it, the, the, um, the tide's coming up and all the boats are going to go up. And it really shows me, like you're saying, it, it you know, the, the tide rises all boats, those single family homes that are all around it, if those condos are selling between five hundred and eight hundred thousand, what does that say for the single family market in that area that maybe has a more desirable location, more desirable view? Well, um, I'm those, somebody we're seeing some crazy appreciation yeah, in North Morro Bay. Without the benefit of a crystal ball, um I, I I mean obviously I have no idea what's gonna happen, but my gut tells me that um all this liquidity that was pumped into the system since two thousand and eight um, I, I don't have great faith in the American dollar, and I think you're going to see a lot of dollars heading to to real estate. And I think real estate is going to appreciate along with other commodities like gold and silver. And, and uh, you know, I just think it's going to be a people seeking tangibles. I'm curious, um, with your focus being on that, on that single family, maybe higher end property with views and things like that. Are the buyers that you're dealing with, are they coming in with cash or are these people who are financing these types of purchases? I opened up two escrows um, yesterday afternoon. Uh, one was uh, 1.3 million all cash. It's going to close in probably seven or eight days, and the other one uh, it was uh, 750,000, so three quarters of a million, and they're going to finance 600,000. So I mean, it's it's a mixed bag. Interesting. We're, we had another realtor who's um, all over the county, but makes her home in the South County. She was on a couple weeks ago, and she had a similar thing, although what we're seeing both in our office and what she was expressing was that some of these higher-end homes, we're starting to see them coming with financing, whereas maybe a year or two ago, they were almost all cash. Those those true <clears throat> jumbo loan products are returning to market. And, and I, it's funny. I mean, you, you'd see a, a one company that I'd kind of dismiss as a crackpot company come out, say they'll, they'll loan a, a million dollars stated income. I can't delete that email fast enough. But then lately I see more and more companies saying, Hey, we'll do loans to a million dollars, you know, with 15% down no mortgage insurance. Okay, wow, this is a real product now that a lot of companies are starting to push. And so we're, we're definitely seeing the return of confidence in the jumbo market. Uh, and it's welcome. It's been gone for quite a while. You know, it's interesting because as re real estate recovers, it seems to recover on the lower end first, and then it, it sort of has a trickle up. 
And I think by virtue of them offering those type of loan products, that's going to be help the trip trip trickle up as you see support uh, going to the higher end. Yeah, agreed. Hey, guys, it's 1144, so we're going to do the final commercial break of the show. If you guys have a question or an experience, maybe you want to share perhaps a comment, uh, do so. You can call into the studio here. The number is 543-8830. Go ahead and give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Um, You can ask a question off the air, too. Jim can type it on the teleprompter, and we'll do our best to answer it. So um, stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. We're in the uh, the final segment of the show here. Seems like it's really flown by. I do want to remind everybody that um, in the month of August, we're switching the time of the show. It's going to move forward one hour. So instead of 10 to noon, we're going to be on from 9 to 11. Make sure that you are aware of that change so that you don't miss the first hour. And... Um, We've been having a good time with Dale Kaiser and uh, just kind of talking a little bit about uh, your expertise and uh, the way that you you choose to approach this. And um, Dale, 
I know that we still have a little bit more time together, but I feel remiss that we've really not told anybody how to get a hold of you either in the event that you've uh, really caught somebody's attention and they just can't wait to reach you. How should someone get a hold of you? Well, probably the easiest way is just uh, when you're on the computer, type in cayucas.com and <laughs> pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah, and that's your site. I actually have the site pulled up right now. That's a good-looking website. Oh, thank you. I like it. And you got the... Uh, the maps and and I see listings and then um, you know different ways to sign up for your newsletter and that kind of thing. Well, I can uh, tell you the greatest the greatest uh, weapon I have in my arsenal is my uh, assistant um, Megan Sanchez who uh, helps me with my with my marketing and runs the whole office and I just go out and show property basically and yeah. she, she's the brains of the operation. I'm very blessed. Good, good. Um, well. We've been having this kind of loose conversation here around um, you sort of touched a little bit on feeling like, um, you know, with inflation, the amount of money that's gone in, that real estate's going to be a pretty good bet. Dan asked a question about how many of the buyers are cash or um, financing. I hoped he was going to ask, what's the sentiment of people? Do you find that in those those coastal buyers, are they generally feeling like the economy is on path for um, continued improvement and things are going good or waiting for the next shoe to drop because we've monkeyed around so much with fiscal policy and, uh, and, and that kind of thing? Well, you know, I, stepping back from the whole picture, I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, I mean, the International Monetary Fund, um, you know, they, uh, this uh, Christine, led by Christine Lagarde, uh, they recognize uh, as the, the American dollar as the world reserve currency, but at the same time, our Federal Reserve has the ability to print it. So Janet Yellen prints something that is recognized globally, uh, and you wonder how long that's going to continue. And I think, you know, smarter money out there is saying, hey, um, yeah. Uh, it, we're having to pay a lot of money for this property in uh, Cayucas, Cambria, Morro Bay, but yet um, it, it's it's a it might be a good place uh, to store value. In other words, you could take uh, that cash and put it in a safety deposit box, or you could put it uh, into a piece of real estate in Morro Bay or Cayucas. And what's going to be better ten years from now? Right. Uh, I assuming that uh, you know things, um, uh, 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 they they continue to um, to uh, the, the the American dollar continues to lose value. Oftentimes, I think you have to take things to an extreme to to make your point. And so, I ask people um, on that topic of what you're electing to do with your money. Uh, suppose I gave you a, let's call it a fireproof, weatherproof. Um, corrosion-proof box uh, containing $2 million. With this box, uh, would your highest and best use of it to be to get in the crawl space of your house and bury it and just leave it there for the duration of your life? Um, that ultimately, I do think, is equity. So it's fascinating to me that people continue to pay cash for real estate um, and we earlier in the show, we heard from Carl who said he harvested some cash out on a low interest uh, income tax deductible rate of interest 
um, invested it in an opportunity that out earned that. Um, and that income was actually tax free. That's a pretty smart way to do it. Um, and I, it, so it's, it's always interesting to me, like the fellow you're talking about, that's interested in spending $1.3 million in cash. Um, what that mindset must be like. And I can't help but wonder if they're looking that, uh, six, eight, 12 months down the road, perhaps trying to refinance some of that money back out for other investment purposes. Nope. Nope. Just happy to deploy it and have a, an asset with, uh, you know, a stable to increasing value well, and no debt service. Well, we learned in 2008 that debt could be a four-letter word. <laughs> and uh, and so some people are, uh, are, are, you know, don't like debt. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. <laughs> sure. So if I gave you that box of $2 million, you believe burying it in your basement would be the best use of it? I'd probably buy a piece of coastal real estate myself. Would you? Yeah. I think I think it makes a lot of sense for all the reasons we've talked about today that, uh, you know, that's something that is of limited quantity that's likely to have an increase in value, probably higher rate of return than anything you could do in the stock market today. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, you talk to financial planners, they, they always talk about diversification. And I mean, I think it's a good idea to have a little stock portfolio, sure. little, little bonds and, and, you know, some, uh, I think putting a little money in some free and clear real estate is not a, not a bad idea. I was prepared to talk a little bit about reverse mortgages today if we had a flat spot in the conversation. And um, so I think next week I'll talk about reverse mortgages. It's a really fascinating thing to me. Um, did you know that you can use a reverse mortgage to purchase a home too? I knew that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I don't think most people do. But um, here's a here's just an interesting little tidbit about um, that topic that I uh, I think is kind of relevant here um, 63% uh, so Merrill um, Merrill Edge report uh, writes this up and says that Americans 63% of Americans um, say that having enough money for their current living expenses is a higher priority um, than saving for retirement I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Being able to make ends meet today before you can really set aside for tomorrow, um, I'm surprised that's not 100%. But 63% of people say that this is a higher priority. 55% um, of them that were surveyed say their biggest fear is running out of money in retirement. And then here you go. This is the one that's really going to just strike you squarely between the eyes. The Insured Retirement Institute says that 50% of people that are age 50 to 55 have less than $100,000 saved for retirement. Um, that That's fascinating to me. And uh, I, I really do think that we're, we're in a position right now where uh, we're rewiring the way that everyone thinks. And this idea of being prepared to retire is probably going to be one of the bigger ones. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having a pretty good conversation in the short future here about reverse mortgages because I think that that's actually going to end up a default retirement strategy for an awful lot of people. Um, so anyway, we don't have time to get fully into it today. I suppose that we'll talk more about it next week. The reverse mortgage, though, is I think just one of the most misunderstood loan programs that exists. Wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, I think so. In fact, we had someone in our office this week talking about how much they despise them and think they're they're bad plan. But I, I again agree with you that the the program itself is misunderstood and it's changed a lot since. 2008 and and before when there was a lot of proprietary types of programs that maybe weren't as as good of an option today they're all government insured loans and and they have a purpose for the right person who needs it a lot of times when you know when people spend 30 years before they own their home free and clear making mortgage payments and that they haven't had the opportunity to put a lot of money away for retirement um, for you know that stream of income for the retirement years and reaccessing, I mean they've been parking that money in their home instead, and now in the retirement years it's an opportunity to be able to retire and have a stream of income by accessing that equity in a safe way where you never lose ownership to your home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that'll be an interesting conversation. When Dale walked in today, Dale said that he listens to the show and thinks that we're smart. And, um, um, I think he said not dumb. Oh, so right, right, right. I, you're giving oh, yourself right, right, right. a lot of credit. Hey, I'm a salesman. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, well, Dale, after spending this last hour with you, I think that you're not dumb too. And uh, I, the one thing that I do want to point out in um, the, the show today, just kind of in summary, is that uh, the lack of confidence given change and the uncertainty about what all of these different variables playing out, you know, from healthcare to tapering, inflation, gold prices, no matter what you look at, we've been through a period of some real uncertainty. Um, the three of us agree that we're poised for inflation. The three of us agree that uh, real estate is a fantastic place to invest if you want to hedge yourself from inflation. Um, the, the three of us agree that the shortage of real estate based on people not selling and folks, um, not building new houses create, um, a lack of that surplus that usually devalues real estate. So the reality is it's a good, stable investment and a smart, smart time to put yourself in real estate. So if you guys need any loan help figuring out how to qualify, give us a call. We're at 543-LOAN. We're centralcoastlending.com. If you'd like to talk with um, a true expert of years of experience, Dale's been doing real estate here for 31 years. Check him out at cayucas.com. He's also at 995-2900. Daily, thank you so much for coming in today. It was really great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yep. Guys, we'll be back next week. We're going to have Wes Burke on from Patterson Realty. We're going to do another couple of hours still from 10 to noon. Uh, join us. Have a great week. Enjoy the beautiful weather.